1: In person. I know. It feels nice to be in the same studio again. So close together. I know. You miss my face. I did. So I have to say this. So I was walking here, and so it's winter, but it's actually really nice outside, Mm -hmm. but I did see a guy with a t-shirt and shorts on, and I posted on Facebook, like, just saw a guy with t t-shirt and shorts on, although it's winter, it's nice out, but it's still winter, and then I wrote, and the answer to your second question is yes. So the brown ambition, you know what I mean by the answer to your second question. If you don't know what I mean, you're probably not. Hashtag white people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. I was like, oh. like You know, I thought I, I so I have, I'm really close to two of my coworkers who happen to be white, just like very cool ladies, whatever. Um, so I, I'm, I'm always thinking in my head like white people, white people, but I don't say it out loud, but I just had to because like last week they were sharing this article mm-hmm. in the New York Post about how bulls are a thing now. how bowls are the new plate that's literally the headline and within this article they're interviewing like a yoga instructor from brooklyn um the founder of a a modeling company online like and they're all talking about with like sincerity how bowls are better than plates because they make food better to be photographed they make it easier to consume they're beautiful bowls are the new plate and they're, we're just, like, all disgusted by this. And I was just what? like, you guys, I have to say it. Hashtag white girls. Yeah. Because, like, what? And this is the second article. Plates are being done, like, being replaced by bowls. That's the oh trend now. And this is what matters. Oh, here. Oh, the headline's even worse. Hot, skinny people are ditching salads for Power
1: Bowls. Air quotes, Power Bowls. Power
0: Bowls. And she has, like, a carrot and some lettuce in this bowl. Mm-hmm. Justine Parker, 28, and Lily in 27, have an exercise date at a trendy Sky Ting yoga downtown. Wow. But afterward, they don't grab coffee, tea, or salad. Instead, they go out for a bowl, a power bowl filled with vegetables, whole grains, and protein. You know Die, both of you. <laughs> yeah, you they're going to have a restaurant <laughs> called
1: Bowls. Probably. Yeah. They're yeah. Like, Wait. And people will go. It'll be the
0: new high I trendy. Can't stand thing. trends. I was talking to you about the whole Canada Goose $800 jacket. Yes. So I was noticing, it feels like high school in New York City, and this is a big city. Mm-hmm. So for me to notice that almost maybe four people to five people on a train car that at any given time, any given day this winter, have been wearing this puffy coat mm-hmm. with the Canada Goose label on it. Yes. So And I'm like, what is happening? Is this the ninth grade all over again? Everyone's got to have this It
1: jacket. Yes, it is. I've never noticed it before. And then I started looking it up. $900? It's crazy. It's so crazy because I was introduced to Canada Goose about... Two, no, about three or four years ago, a friend of mine, we were both saying, like, you know what, I can't do another Jersey winter. We have to get a super warm coat. And it was summer, and so he did his research. I did mine. I ended up getting a North Face, um, like, super discounted, because I feel like you have to have one big, ignorant winter coat, like the type of coat you wore when you were five. Ignorant. Yes, ignorant. Just just big for no reason. Yeah. You know, no shape, no, just on you. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ended up getting... A Canada Goose. He had never heard of it before, but it was supposed to be really warm, and he was a big, tall guy. So That's I got, like a rent payment. Yeah, but no, he didn't get it. was nine 900 at the time. I think it was like 300 or something like or 350 something to it's that doubled effect. since then? I don't know, but I also remember Triple. it was also off-season, okay. and this was about four years ago. So he got mm-hmm. his coat, and so that was the first I'd ever heard of it, and I've never seen it until this year again. So I'm like, wow, he was way ahead of trend. That's to tell him. Well, it wasn't just me.
0: I read on the same day I came in and I was finally ready to explode because I had just put my coat up at the office and there was like three Canada goose jackets. And I'm like, why are we being brainwashed? Like what's happening? Um, There's an article online on Business Insider And they had written, like, the history of the Canada goose jacket and how it became. This is the jacket that people in Antarctica, who are doing research, wear. This is that jacket. That's the jacket they use to keep warm. It's a jacket that film crew wear when they're filming in, like, Arctic conditions and they're outside in the elements. It became popular because Hollywood, I think James Bond, um, Daniel Craig wore one in one of his movies. And then I think uh, Claire Danes or some actress had been seen wearing it. And then, you know, like... All uh-huh. I feel like do. I, I'm
1: like, shoot, he got it. I should have got it. I could have sold it. <laughs> For real. I'm like, meanwhile, I got this North Face and he got the Canada Goose. And you know what? Because I would totally sell it and then get something else. <laughs> Business opportunity. I know. <laughs> it. You know what? You I live and you learn. I feel like it's fine if
0: you can afford it to buy an $800 coat. You can say it's an investment or whatever. But I feel like some people buy these jackets. And it's worth more than the money in their bank account. Yeah. Or, like, the their purse. Or, like, you know, I just don't see why the jacket, like, one thing has to cost so and much And honestly, money.
1: it's cold in New York, but it's not Antarctica. Let's Listen, go to TJ Maxx. Right. Go to Marshalls. Exactly.
0: I got myself a $75 winter coat two years ago. It is still... Just as perfect as it was.
1: Exactly. And honestly, to me, you only need one ignorant winter coat a lifetime. Unless you live like in like, Canada. You know, like just one big... Like a bubble yes. a bubble jacket? And then if you don't like, you know, you're not rough with it, then you can just keep that for a lifetime. Like I'm never going to get another like big coat like that again. I'm just going to have my one little... It's not little, it's a huge North Face that goes to my knees. And I'm like, I only take it out, you know, when New Jersey has decided to lose all of its mind. and mm. And, you know, it's just crazy outside. But I don't wear it often. And I'm like, that's it for me. People are nuts. They are nuts. Speaking of
0: nutty people, <laughs> I was uh, just browsing Facebook yesterday, and I saw this story about this guy uh, who wrote an open letter to San Francisco's mayor. Oh, boy. <sighs> let me let me pull up the article. You know it's bad when Mandy has to do the deep side. <laughs> okay, so it's from this, this guy. He owns a startup in San Francisco. Of course he does, because San Francisco, if you haven't, noticed over the last, you know, seven to eight years has become the epicenter of startup land. It's called Silicon Valley for a reason. Mm-hmm. People go there to, it's for Apple, Google, Pinterest, and every other no, uh, uh, startup and app that you ever loved in your life has, you know, even Yahoo has a headquarters there. So in San Francisco, there's this huge, it's kind of like New York, there's this huge gap between the rich and the poor. All these wealthy, wealthy tech people yes. are coming in and they're driving up driving out people, middle-class people who can't afford to live there anymore. Um, and San Francisco's always had a historic problem with homelessness. Yes. So this, this jackass, if I can call him that, he decides to write an open letter. The, this is the letter, it's called Open Letter to San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee and Greg Sir, the police chief. And I'll just give you a brief excerpt. I'm writing today to voice my concern and outrage over the increasing homeless and drug problem that the city is faced with. I've been living in SF over the th- over three years, all of three years, mm-hmm. and without a doubt, it is the worst it has ever been since the three years he moved here. Apparently, every day on my work to and from work, I on my way to and from work, I see people sprawled across the sidewalk, tent cities, human feces, and the faces of addiction. The city is becoming a shanty town. Worst of all, it is unsafe. Mm-hmm. Oh, so here's here's the part that really got to me. Later on, it's very—it's not the longest letter, but here he says, what are you doing to address this problem? The residents of this amazing city no longer feel safe because he speaks for everyone. Exactly. I know people are frustrated about gentrification happening, but the reality is we live in a free market society. The wealthy working people, like himself, wow. have earned their right to live in the city. They went out, got an education, worked hard, and earned wow. it. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't have to worry about being accosted. I should not I shouldn't have to see the pain, struggle, and despair wow. of homeless people. No. No, he did Yes. He wrote this. I'm reading the words. Yes. <laughs> I shouldn't have to see the, st- the pain, the struggle, and despair of homeless people to and from my way to wow. work every day. I want my parents, when they come visit, to have a great experience. Oh, not your mom and And enjoy this special place. Mm. This guy's name is Justin Keller. Justin Mother effing Kelly <laughs> you can go you can go try and find him on Twitter he he made his account private you can also go try and find the company that he owns it's called commando.io um i would encourage anyone to go to this company's website and, yes. and send a letter to the editor whatever they have there i don't know what the company does but wow. this guy has it's just, just made <laughs>
1: has just made a complete fool of himself on because the, the, the thing is you can definitely, because definitely when I walk through New York City, sometimes I think to myself, wow, the homeless problem has gotten really bad. But from a place of what can we do to help, not um, what can we do to help to get rid of these people, but what can we do to help so that way people are not falling into this this trap over and over and over. Like, Because one thing I've learned from teaching financial education is that, first of all, one, everyone does not have the same leg up. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not that you just like it. to think to yourself that somehow you are in this position because you're just so smart. That's just not true. I work so hard. I got an education. Well, you know what? Many people got an education yep.
0: and fell ill or had mental illness or fell in hard times, not because they were stupid or didn't work hard, just because life didn't roll oh, did, out the right oh, carpet for them.
1: Exactly. You just didn't have the same opportunity. I can't tell you how many super smart kids I taught in Newark when I taught preschool. And they would tell me, like, on the way to school, oh, yeah, the dead body's still out there from last night. Or one little girl refused to speak for nearly a year because she had saw seen outside of her window a man shot point blank in the head and die in front of her. So she was so afraid to leave her house because she thought when you left your house, you died too. So what do you say to a girl like that? Pull yourself together? Mm-hmm. Three-year-old? school. Exactly. Like, you better learn in school. Because because your school probably has different resources than a
0: a school that's probably majority white in a different part of town, which I'm assuming this guy grew up in.
1: I just don't see, and I get it because Mr., what's his name again? Justin Keller. So I get it that Justin Keller cannot see past his own privilege and his own whiteness and his own wealth to see. But at some point, you have to realize, and that's the way the world works. To me, that's the beauty of life is that one way, you're going to learn one way or the other. And I had to learn even myself, like going and working where I worked in Newark, that you have to respect the people around you. Because I think he right there wrote somewhere that it's going to be a revolution. And yes, let's hope they come for you first, Mr. Justin Keller. You know, when there is a revolution that... Speaking, remember the French Revolution? That didn't turn out so hot for the aristocracy. Exactly. The thing is, though, if you don't help in general, if you don't help bring up the general mass, then you you can't continue to thrive. Do you think that people are going to stand idly by while you eat and they starve? That's just not going to happen. Nobody g- that he just moved there three years ago. Right. And he thinks this has been the
0: worst it's ever been in yeah. all three years of his experience. San Francisco has been dealing with homelessness for decades For decades. And,
1: decades. and these homeless people have more of a right to the city, I'd argue, than you do. I guess it's just so frustrating. Like, you know, people act as if like, oh... Gentrification, it's a good thing. Isn't the neighborhood better? It's not about that. It's that the neighborhood is better for you Mm -hmm. and no one else. That's what gentrification brings. Of course we want the neighborhood to be better. But it shouldn't be better at the expense of, like, I can't live here now. Like, oh, we're going to clean things up. But hey, you who lived here forever, you can't benefit from things being better. That's the problem. That's right, Justin, but you know what? You know, I always say this, you are allowed to say whatever you want, but guess what, so can other people. So I'm sure you're being dragged as rightfully, so I'm sure there's a lots of people who agree with you. But- Which is the sick, you know, this reminds me, and it's sick because I know people who would agree with mm-hmm. him. Um,
0: you know, I used to work for uh, Business Insider, mm-hmm. and I worked for a great man, his name was Henry Blodgett. He was editor in chief, and I had a really great experience there. But um, while I was there, Henry wrote a blog post about, and he would sometimes just write things he thought. He had gone to a fancy restaurant downtown. I think it was Balthazar, which is this like hot spot, hot for brunch or whatever. And he wrote an entire article about how he thought that they need to do away with bathroom attendance. Why do you need bathroom attendance? It's awkward, makes me feel weird. Why do I have to pay someone, you know, give a tip or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he went on and on and on. And, he, you know, I'm sure he thought that he was in his right. Um, you know, frame or whatever, he had the right opinion. And it was highly offensive. Mm. Um, I'm just get personal. My father for a long time has worked as a bathroom attendant Mm. at a nice restaurant. Um, This is my dad. And I wasn't always so proud of it. But my dad has done this forever. And he's really good at his job. And he likes what he does. And I felt like by writing this article at the time and by the way I've told him this so I haven't I'm not saying anything to you guys that I haven't said to Henry personally mm-hmm. um, I said that it really made me feel you know as a daughter of someone who's done that job and you feel like it's an honest day's work mm-hmm. like it made me really feel like he was lit- uh, belittling yeah. someone you know if that's their way of making income providing for their family it was belittling that And it was just, you know, casting it off because it was simply an inconvenience for him. exactly. Him who, he who has privilege. Exactly. And, and, but there were a lot of people, for every person who was sort of like, you know, ratting on this article, there were many, many others who were
1: like, oh my God, I know, I hate it. Oh my God, it's so annoying. It's just uh, so easy to like turn your nose up when you have had the opportunity to have better. You know, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, one of the, to me, one of the greatest gifts, I mean, because I was pretty for, I mean, growing up, we were like broke, like, you know, we lived in, like, I don't know, we just lived not well, but well, because my parents looked after us. But like, you know, we didn't have a lot. But um, by the time I was really conscious of like how, kind of how we lived, my parents had gone to school, gotten their masters. You know, we lived in a nice neighborhood. Uh, but to me, one of the greatest gifts was me for me to. Then after school and graduating, kind of going back to a similar neighborhood that I had first started with and working there for like 10 years because I got like such a, a better scope of the world. It was like, okay, like I see the world of privilege. I had lived in a town. It was majority like people of wealth. It was like very little people of color, um, mostly Jewish white town, you know, we, the best school systems. Honestly, everybody kind of went away to like the best schools. College was one of those things that like, we had like 96% college grade you know like entry rate and then going to Newark and teaching there and kind of seeing like the difference mm-hmm. and why not because these kids were not smarter but really seeing how where you're born and the opportunities that you were born or not born into how they played such a pivotal role and where you went in life because those kids were so smart and I've taught preschool and taught in other districts and I'm like yo these kids are so smart where's the disconnect zip code yeah. and then I then to see what they lived through. I remember at 22 when I first started, I remember thinking, Mandy, like, oh, how did they deal? It was too much for me at 22. How does a three-year and four year-old deal? Like going just like I, I worked at the bottom of a project building, like the daycare center was at the, was at the ground floor, and I would have to go upstairs to like go get crayons. We had like a, a closet on the third floor, and like w- walking just up the stairwell and seeing people smoke a crack pipe. In the stairwell and I'm thinking I get to go home to my regular neighborhood these kids have to come up the stairwell and see this every day or hearing people curse people out all day long or mental illness being just so rampant and drugs on drugs on drugs and the dealers and the pimps and the prostitutes all day actually I had to finally step back and say I can't do this anymore because it was bringing my spirit down my boyfriend at the time told me after a year you're not the same Tiffany like you used to be so happy-go-lucky what's going on and I thought wow for me at 22 imagine a four-year-old and so it's just very and it's just so gray and ugly mm-hmm. like, I think it's just you uh,
0: uh, this is important too I think that there's there's so much to be said about people who know people from different walks of life yeah. and different I think it's really important when we have kids to make sure that they have friends who are wealthy and friends who are poor and, and friends agreed. who are different colors in them and friends who are different circumstances because you it, it, and not just to look at them and say, ooh, look at that person, look mm-hmm. what they've been through, and, but to learn from them and to that's where empathy comes from. Exactly. And I think if this guy had ever met in his life somebody who was worse off than than him and knew them on a personal level, he would never have written this. Yeah. I think he would, instead of complaining about it, maybe he should complain you know maybe we should I, I think he has a valid point yes the san francisco needs to help these people but they need to help them for themselves for the people's exactly. sake exactly not, not for, for the, the rich people that exactly. are coming in that's that's, that's me, where the difference is. The, the
1: fact that the point of view comes from like just a selfish place of like make it better so i can walk free and my mom and dad can visit me no it versus like wow there's so many homeless. what can i do as an entrepreneur who has wealth, influence, and connection to make other people's lives better, not once does he mention that in here, and that says a lot about his character. What's his name again? Justin Keller. Justin Keller. Mm, Justin. You know what's kind of shitty is that there's a there's another Justin Keller on Twitter who
0: also lives in the San Francisco area, <laughs> Poor and him. I so I went to his Twitter account first, thinking it was him, but he's actually gotten so much <laughs> crap, and and he went and wrote a letter to the real Justin Keller, discounting everything he said and being like, I don't believe what this guy believes, and and. Um, and yeah, it's, it's sad, but at least people are talking about it. Yeah. I hope this guy, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like to work for this guy. I would not want to work for this guy. Right. at Commando. Mm-mm-mm, Commandio. Commandio. All righty, yeah. well, moving along. <laughs> so you know who always slays? Who? Cookie, darling. Cookie. Taraji P. Henson. Yeah, she does always play. So what I love is that I've heard, because I was listen, I was watching um, all these interviews with Taraji, and she was saying how much she really loves film and doing film, even though she does a TV show. And she's doing an amazing film. She's um, playing an African-American astronaut yes. um, with NASA and the book is uh, the movie is based on this book that came out just past September which has been on my read list for the past few months and I haven't yet. It's called Hidden Figures, the story of the African-American women who helped win the space race by Margot Lee Shetterly. Okay. So, Taraji's playing this NASA math genius called Katherine Johnson. She was one of three black women. The other two were Dorothy Vaughan and Mary Jackson who helped astronaut john glenn with his space mission during the 1960s go ahead Taraji. this is cool i've never i never heard, heard of that hear yeah. of this or heard of that and i used to want to be an astronaut my you did? my oh yeah like hardcore hardcore until i was about 13 no maybe 16 until i decided i really didn't like math that much <laughs> um but uh my my hero was sally henson and this is uh this is a uh, this is huge this is something that you never see yeah and it's not a maid or a slave yes. or a hooker yeah. or a stripper or a athlete it's or, big a really, mama. or a big mama yeah it's, it's going to be cool because how often do you see black women in this kind of role? no that's awesome math genius black women exactly you don't I get love to that. see that so go ahead to
1: Raji what else are we going to talk about
0: oh one last thing I wanted to mention so you know Manny Pacquiao
1: Yes, I heard about his tweets. So he, not
0: just tweets, so he, he's like a politician in the Philippines. Really? And he's running for office, yeah, a congressman. And he was running for a seat in the Philippines Senate, and he describes, he puts his big old foot in his mouth, although he means it. He describes um, same-sex marriage as, in his language, the translation is worse than animals. And yeah. he was, said it on video, the video went viral, and then he went so far as to like back it up on Instagram and basically say that he would rather follow The Bible, what the Lord says, than what um, the flesh says, or something Mm -hmm. like that, which is, you know, a lot of uh, people's opinions when they try and defend um, bigotry against LGBT um, couples. Mm -hmm. So Nike said, "Not today, Mm -hmm. not today." We are yanking our sponsorship from Manny Pacquiao. Not up in here, not up in here. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was really dope. Like uh, Nike is a huge, the biggest sports brand in the world, world, probably. Yeah. And Manny Pacquiao probably just lost millions and millions and millions and millions Did of you see, dollars.
1: Um, who's the other guy? Who's the um, Floyd Mayweather? Mm-hmm. Who's like uh, you won't be? I won't be losing that endorsement. He made sure to tweet like I believe that people should do what they want, and I am in full. He should not be talking though, because I doesn't know. he
0: beat people? Yes. Doesn't he beat women? Yes, he and does. he hasn't lost his sponsorship. So let's talk I about know. how it's worse to t- you know. I don't see how that's different. Like I feel like yeah, if you're right. you right. You know the same thing with uh, Mike Tyson. Um, when you beat women, it's somehow. Okay, justifiable or like okay to get over yep. more so than if you you know speak ill of other races or uh, sexualities and such. You're right,
1: though. We both get through the black girl. <laughs> brown break. Brown break. What, what you gonna, gonna do, what, what you gonna, gonna do, do when do? we break on you? Oh. <laughs> I just want you to know that Mandy did, like, the most awesome, like, shoulder shimmy. Oh, did I? Mm. I didn't even notice. Yeah, so I was happens. like, ooh, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I feel like we like that. we're like the, uh, I don't know, like, one of those, like, the something-something sisters or, like, the, uh
0: the money system right <laughs> do you know that so you know when you're a little kid and you used to be, i don't know if you i used to be painfully shy about dancing in front of people mm-hmm. i go to all my little school dances and just like sit on the wall but i'd be dying to dance because like i love that as soon as i hit i don't know what age it was i just stopped caring mm-hmm. and now i just dance anywhere really? and i get yeah and i i feel like maybe it's because i started doing zumba in college so i just like feel the music whenever mm-hmm. i i love zumba so much um but yeah, that was like the biggest
1: uh, that was a big hurdle for me to get over is like that fear of dancing, dancing. in front of yeah. people. I think most people are like afraid to dance in front of people when they're younger. Even Nigerians, don't you guys say? Like? Well, especially me because I I didn't think I had much rhythm. And I realized that Oh, I didn't say I was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I like, said that I danced. You know the thing is I have rhythm. But I don't have technique. That's what's missing. Yeah, I don't have technique. And so there's like either. with Nigerian dancing, there's like even though it's like just this natural dance, but still there's a certain movement to the hips and the, that I don't quite have. But I, I, mean, like I can, I have rhythm, but just I can't do all that fancy. Like my sister Lisa, she is amazing. Every time she dances, we're just like, fine, I'll sit down, <laughs> watching. Oh, I hate when people are too good. At. It's right? like when you go to karaoke and someone gets up and they really can sing, and you like, go home. I know, right? You're like,
0: so why is- am I here? <laughs> exactly <laughs> for my moment. Um, well, I I am really bad at salsa dancing, but I love it. I will step on everyone's whenever I go, because I look like I could dance salsa. And I'm, like, really excited to yes! be there. And so people always ask me to dance back when I used to go out a lot. And they, as soon as I, could like, see, oh, I could see the cloud on their faces as soon as I started dancing, like, oh, this is going to be difficult.
1: They're like, she Sorry. looks like she could be Spanish. She, I saw the shoulder shimmy. She it's false like she, advertising. <laughs> it
0: is. <laughs> but I love it. I love. It's like 10% talent, 90% enthusiasm. That's what dancing is. Yeah, it is. I digress. This is brown break time. Yes, it is brown break. Do you want to go first? Sure.
1: So I was walking here. You said you were excited about your brown break. Well, I was excited only because you told me you have a solution. Mm. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was walking here, and I was walking here, and... My pack underwear was riding up my behind, as it oh, always okay. does. And I was like, great. You know what? I, say it again. Your pack underwear. So I call it pack underwear because you buy it in a pack. Some people like, buy it in a pack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, people don't buy You know Hanes. I didn't know people under the age of 45 bought their underwear in a pack. <laughs> it's like
0: past the age of 13 and under the age of 45. <laughs> you know. should not be buying your
1: underwear in a pack. I didn't know. Right? <laughs> and so like they never fit. So one, you either have the grandma fit. It goes up to your navel. Yeah. And just, like, you know, it, it almost looks like, you know, like, the 60s bathing suits that are, like, really cute? High-waisted. Yeah. yeah. So it looks Goes like Goes over the belly yes. button. Yes. And so it yeah. either looks like that or, no. <laughs> or, or you look like a six-year-old because they're, like, you know, they actually have, like, designs and stuff on them. Or unicorns. Yes. And so, and it just never fits my butt. So it's either way too big for my butt. Or it's literally like slicing my my cheeks in half. Mm -hmm. And so I just never can find the right pack underwear. And then Annie told me that there's my problem right there. (laughs) Stop buying your underwear in a pack, ladies. But I'm like, but what, so I don't want necessarily, I feel like either I have pack underwear or I have like my lacy numbers for when I want to get sassy, you know? Mm So what's in between? I go to department stores. My favorite. So I used to
0: work at Kohl's, and I hold I hold a tiny burning candle for Kohl's in my heart. I just okay. love it. They have such great deals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to Kohl's, and they have a great intimate section, and I get the uh, Vera Wang. I love her. Simply Vera. I love her line of underwear. Okay, they ha- she has like more of like the sexy stuff, but she also has the right re- the regular cotton underwear. Okay, and then Maidenform. I, I, it's not a pack, but there's three on a hanger. Okay. It's different. It's like the grown-up pack. Okay, okay, okay. So that's what I get. And uh, full coverage, because I feel like there was a point in my life when I was in high school, and I don't know why I was, but I would go to like Rue 21, mm-hmm. and I'd buy the dollar thongs. Oh my god! And gosh. then they would just sit in my drawer. I used to have this big wad of like tangled up, never worn, maybe but once. <laughs> they had like little things dangling from them. I'm like, yes! what? So I was a virgin until like how long? I know. Uh, I did not need to be a do- dangling dollar signs for my under my like thongs. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see me a thong. They always wrote up the back. Yes. They they made in, like a line in your ass that you could see through your jeans or your dress. I never, because I'm
1: like I'm gonna pay underwear to write up the, the kind of butt <laughs> I have. You're like, ba- you're paying for a wedgie <laughs> basically. And so I had the same things because I would get it from uh, Joyce Leslie. Did you remember Joyce Leslie? It's like oh, rainbow. Oh, okay, well, right, like that kind of. I like, get it. And so Joyce Leslie used to have like for like a dollar, they would have like, you know, like thongs with all this lace and like all this beading and stuff. And it just seemed like a good idea at the time until you put them yeah. on, and you're like, but why? Because it's cute, yeah. yeah. But now um, I'm like, I do. I'm I'm wanting like day to day underwear. So you know, I have my sexy lingerie kind of underwear, but I'm like, no, I want regular, day to. And I just thought they came in a pack, but I'm seeing now that no department stores, Go okay. Macy's. I don't know what's near you.
0: The mall, yeah, Macy's Go to the is the mall. Me. I mean Victoria's Secret is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but their like and their cotton underwear sort of like stretches out over it time. It does and it starts to like it starts to um, the elastic goes out of it quickly. Yeah. But um I haven't been burned by coals. I would say the lacy stuff, like when you pull you pull your underwear up, especially you got a booty to pull okay. up over yeah. the lace can like rip and that's my big problem. Like all okay. my underwear that's super cute. Oh, and the gap too. Anthropology, okay. urban. Maybe not urban. Don't go to American apparel if you got a butt just don't go <laughs> don't go if you have any sort of womanly shape don't shop at american apparel it's and not for you like a it's not for us.
1: it's not <laughs> have you ever gone to like where's that place is it nordstrom's where they do the bra fit where's that place that everybody's like, i've never famous... been fitted for a bra okay i think it's nordstrom i know oprah said i should right
0: did you watch that do you remember the bra episode with oprah
1: no but i heard that like they're like 60 percent of women are not wearing a bra that fits them
0: yeah i mean like
1: maybe more
0: but what was crazy is you would she would bring on someone with like normal size boobs and they would think that they were like a, a yes. size B or C, mm-hmm. which I'm like a B or whatever, Um, and they'd be a size F. Yes. And I, I just don't understand that? that. It was
1: somebody, oh, I know who, well, I won't say her name, but it was a friend of mine who said that to me. She was like, I think she told me she went to Nordstrom's and she got like fitted and she just assumed she's a D. And meanwhile, if you see her, her chest looks like... Like, she's, um, she's got, like, a nice frame, you know? She doesn't have a huge chest. It doesn't look. And they were like, you're like an eye. She's like, what? But she was like, it's the best fitting bra. She ended up getting a bra. And she could not believe it. Like, wow, that my chest is bigger than, like, her cup size is way bigger than she thought. I bet that she paid a pretty penny. And yeah, she did. She said, but then she also, you know, I'm going to find out what it is so we can share it next week. She actually told me where you can find the same bra that she got there for literally like half the price online. Hmm. And once you know your size, you can kind of just go ahead and, but I'm going to find it. We'll share that because everybody needs a good bra. I feel like you can be 65 or 45 Mm -hmm. or 25 women. It's hard.
0: It is. It's hard shopping for bras. It's never fun. And I haven't done it in quite a while. Yes, I'm wearing the same raggedy. Yes. I maybe, you know what I did earlier Uh this year is I I cleaned out my underwear drawer Uh and I was like, listen, be real you bought this lacy thing you're never gonna wear it you yeah. never have worn it and i threw out like four or five i donated like four or five lacy bras okay. that i've never worn because
1: sometimes you just like i mean i honestly am just like a regular i mean i have some lacy stuff just for the boudoir but like not to wear because you're not gonna wear it under a shirt where you can see yeah that you know it doesn't make any sense and then i have like target bras that are like I'm honestly tired. i'm always so in, embarrassed whenever Is that where you get your
0: pack under arm?
1: yeah basically yeah. <laughs> So I always feel embarrassed. Like, you know you you know how sometimes you do like a TV segment and you have to like unzip your dress and like clip like your oh, thing? Oh, oh yeah. Always I'm always like, oh my God. I always forget. And I'm like, I want to tell the guy. It's usually like some guy, some older white guy who's like 45, he 50. He might like it. And he's probably looking at my raggedy bra like we're like, it's hanging out by like one, <laughs> one loop. And I'm like, so while you're back there, don't, don't, don't. don't don't take mention, make mention of my Don't um, judge Yeah, my raggedy bra. So yeah, so I'm just I'm tired of raggedy underwear and I'm ready to to become an adult and have a better experience because I remember and I won't say who because you guys like she's kinda like semi well known in the financial industry. Like we, we roomed together at FinCon at the financial bloggers conference mm. and we were getting dressed and I was thoroughly ashamed. She had like such a nice underwear. It wasn't like sexy underwear, but I was like, Hey friend, she's a friend of mine. What the hell? Is this how you look on a day-to-day? Because it wasn't even a special day. Yeah. And I remember being like, I actually went to the bathroom to change because I was like, you would not see me. Uh-huh. Her underwear was so, I was like, is that how you normally look? Is this, are you going somewhere? She was like, no. And I was like, I'll be right back as I change. I feel like you
0: have to invest in the undergarments
1: because they make you feel good. Yeah, I am. So next time when I come, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, hey, Mandy, feeling really good. Well, if I'm, If my underwear don't
0: fit, I'm having a bad day. Like, there was one day, I'm not even kidding, I Mm. bought underwear that were, like, a little too tight in the thigh, Mm. and then you sit down all day, and they cut. Yes. They cut like a dagger. And I literally went to the bathroom, and I ripped
1: them. Yeah. Ripped them almost off. I was like, I just can't do this (laughs) No, but you're right, though. Yeah. So, yeah. No more granny panties for me. Oh, you're graduating. Yes. I'm a big girl now. Finally, Mm -hmm. I'm 35. (laughs) 36. Wow. I'm old. You're not that old. I know.
0: But you're too old for
1: pack underwear. (laughs) So, what's your problem? That's what I'll
0: say. Um, well, my brown break, well, there's kind of like two in one. One is procrastination. Okay. This is a personal, like, f- uh, f- failing of my own is that I procrastinate. I procrastinated since I, I don't know, I think I even came out of the womb late. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like a lot of journalists procrastinate. We're always on deadline. We always push things to the last deadline. But recently, procrastinating has, like, been really just, like, making my life so difficult. And I've been sleeping past my alarm. Mm. And I've been, like... And I'm doing it to myself, and I'm like, God, why am I so behind? God, I just hate being at work late all the time. It's because I'm procrastinating. And I decided that this weekend, on a, on a weekend, and I haven't done this in a long time, I'm actually going to do work for the week ahead on a Sunday and just, like, get my shit together. Cause okay. I'm going on vacation next, uh, next Saturday, Ooh, which I'm so excited about. Finally. It's been almost a year. And I just want to feel a little bit better, so I am making it my be- – I'm going to try and get up an hour earlier this week okay. to get ahead of things, get to the office early. And But the thing is, like, I do this maybe once every six months. I'm like, I just got to get to work on time, and I'm doing – I do it for, like, maybe a month, mm-hmm. and I just continue back in my old ways. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a struggle for me, procrastination. I'm sure you guys can really out there. Um, and secondly is my taxes. Okay. Which kind of go hand in hand. I'm not – really procrastinating i what i've been procrastinating on my taxes it's like getting my life together and hi, and hiring a cpa yeah hiring a tax person and this is the very first year i found my tax guy paul
1: did you what were you doing
0: before Turbo i tax? was doing TurboTax or h and r block or whatever it was
1: Yeah, h and r block you might as well just leave your, leave your <laughs> refund there <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it was fine.
0: Like, uh, I mean, whatever. It worked for me. But this year, I had things that are more complicated. Mm-hmm. And last year, technically, I had things that were complicated last year, too. I ended up owing a little bit. And I was like, I probably shouldn't have owed money last year. Mm. So I had my friend, Paul. I mean, I hope he's going to be my friend. I'm going, literally, as soon as we wrap up here, I'm going and taking all my little tax forms okay. and my expenses and going to the tax guy. Um, and hopefully, it'll be a good experience.
1: Yes, taxes, honestly, let me tell you. So when I first started, it was easy when I was a teacher because I love my tax guy because I came to him because I had such great things about him and we had like so many mutual friends in common. And I came to him when I was still teaching and he was like, you don't need me. He was like, honestly, your return is so simple. Mm-hmm. He's so And I like that about him. So that like was one of the first reasons why I was like, oh, I like Carlos. He's like, don't bore me. Yeah, <laughs> so he told me, use TurboTax. And my dad actually is a CPA and accountant. And my dad's like, I told you. But you know, you don't listen to dad. And so I, I was doing TurboTax and he and then Carlos told me when things get more complicated, then come see me because I want you to know, you know I want to make sure that you maximize you know what you um, get back. And so when I started my business, at Bajanista, I'm not gonna lie, I was the worst for two years. I did not do my taxes because okay. I didn't even know I had I had no point of reference. I had never. You know, I had never had a business before, so I not I had not collected what I spent money on. Mm-hmm. I had not collected what I even made. That was my biggest fear. I didn't even know what I made. I'm like, well, how am I? What we're we gonna pay taxes on? I had no record. And um, so Carlos is just the best. He's like, he will like make home visits. So I was at like, shopping at like Shoprite, and we live in like in the same neighborhood. And two years, he had been, like, calling me, like, texting me, like, come see me, come see me. And I'd be like, do, 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 ignore. <laughs> Procrastinating. He, yes. He caught me at shop. I was like, got you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he told me, he's like, Tiffany, I did your taxes. I'm like, how? I've given you nothing. And he was like, no, that, I didn't know this, but in July, um, uh, like, the, the tax year that you're working on, so in July of 2016, he can go to and look and go to the IRS and say, hey, can you pull up everything that Tiffany made? Like, because people will report, hey, I paid Tiffany. So he was able to pull up what I made. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that's how, have, exactly, yeah. I didn't know that. Because I thought, I, I was like, I don't have, I don't know what to show him because I didn't have anything. So he was able to do that. And I wasn't able to really make m- many deductions because I didn't have any proof of anything. But I had honestly not made much. So I think I owed, like, $2,000 each year. So, like, four dollars or $5,000. Like, like So it wasn't so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he was like, you need to get a bookkeeper. And so that was one of the biggest investments I made. 2015 in January, I hired a bookkeeper, and it was the best thing ever because I actually just saw Carlos on Friday, and he was like, "Look at you! You're two years early according to your schedule." <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie because you work for, because I work for myself, I owe so much money because I don't, you know, you don't pay or I wasn't paying ahead of time. But he told me that that's the last year I can do that too. That this year I have to start paying quarterly. Mm. He said because you're actually like once you make over a certain amount, the government will start to fine you by not paying regularly. But I'm telling you, when I had to write that check for my taxes, it literally what I used to make a year as a teacher is what I paid in taxes. And I was just Uncle like Uncle Sam What? Bitch better have his money. What? Uncle Sam is gangst that's the <laughs> real OG. <laughs> People are so afraid of taxes. It
0: is, they are. Um you know I deal with my dad every year. He's I don't know I just, I don't even really want to get into my dad's tax history, <laughs> but uh, there's like a lot of fear around it, and and you know they don't want to know. And same thing with checking like basic finances, people don't want to confront. Like if they haven't paid their taxes mm-hmm. in a couple of years or filed in a couple years, scary. Sometimes you may have earned so little that you don't even have to file taxes. It, there's exactly. all these different, but I I'd, I'd say so. The question I get a lot of times is how do you find a tax person? Yeah. Um, I found mine like a really, I mean, not the best way. I didn't, ha- I don't have any friends who have a tax person. The one friends I well, you have I have some who have tax people in other states. I know I have you. Um, (laughs) But I wanted someone close by, either near my office in Manhattan or in uh, Queens where I live. And I just went on Yelp. I Mm -hmm. went on Yelp, and I found a highly rated tax guy. And I went to his website. I checked all of his credentials. I went. I did a walk by of his office to make sure he had a a storefront. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reviews were fine. And I took a gamble. And I'll let you know next week if it works (laughs) out. But. And uh, one thing people ask too is how much do they charge? Um, I think it depends on how complicated yeah, your taxes are. It does. I'm single. I just my income. It's a little complicated this year because I have some investments and stuff. Um, and but for me, it's only $200. Yeah, me too. All right. So now it's time for my favorite segment: tips. Tips, <laughs> i don't know why i like to say that i like it it's good so today's question comes from marquita thank you for emailing us marquita she says hey ladies first off, i love your podcast thank Ooh, you whoop. very much um she's following tiffany's live free
1: live richer challenge live
0: richer challenge yeah. <laughs> You're close enough. she's too focused on saving to get the name right um so she has a problem right now with her husband she is currently trying to purchase their they're both currently trying to purchase their first home they have two children under the age of fur uh, uh, four i can't <laughs> Ooh, i can't speak the, today <laughs> <laughs> let me start over marquita i uh, she says i'm going hard and trying to stack up our money and cutting costs in areas where it needs to be cut mm-hmm. my husband does not share the same ambition as i problem number one mm-hmm. and he is not understanding that you have to sacrifice in order to obtain and maintain certain things in life This is really putting a strain on our marriage because because he is incapable of discussing money matters without turning it into a big argument. I recently suggested we get rid of our digital cable and downgrade to basic cable or look into purchasing a streaming stick like Roku or Amazon Fire. This has caused a huge disagreement as he does not want to get rid of cable or even downgrade. I need help. How can I communicate this information or try to get him to understand that because of our income and other bills that we have to pay... In all caps, that this is one step in
1: reaching our homeowner goals. Thank you. So first, Marquita girl. Yes, girl. You, you me, and Mandy have been here, right? And, and sometimes we're we're still here.
0: But,
1: yeah. Right. So yeah. we talked about this like I think the first episode, some right? With we've with, talked about like what it's like to do couples and and money. Mm-hmm. So Mandy is recently engaged. Yeah. But I'm sure you know because you listen and you know, me and Superman we live together. We've been together two years. And I'm gonna say we're recently engaged too, because I'm putting it out there. You are? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> you should see Vanish Face. I'm just saying that because I always tell him like, so I can't wait for that ring. And he's like, you know, women ask men to get married too. I'm like, yeah. Mm, I don't know where they do he's that. At. you, it's coming. Anyway, <laughs> back to Marquita. Yeah. So Marquita. So to me, so when I first started with drug, because obviously I, with Superman, I, you know, I teach financial education. I'm the budgetista. And it was hard at first because he would always tell me everyone's not a budgetista. And he was probably similar to your husband, like downgrading cable, rather die, mm-hmm. and just was a big spender. Um, and so, what I had to, because in the beginning, I was just a big nag. And that's probably what you sound like, you know? And so, what I learned was to try to find some space in which he was okay with saving. So for example, like I would travel a lot and he wanted to start coming, you know? And so I said, oh, you know, we should open up um, a savings account online. Um, we use Ally. So that way we can put like a little bit of money there every month. So next time, we, we, if you wanna go on vacation, we can just pay for it out of the account. He liked that idea. That was like the very first thing that he was on board with. And so we started putting like 25 bucks a month apiece in that savings account. And we opened a joint savings account. Um, and then all of a sudden, the savings account, after us being together for two years, he said the other day, like, you know what, that should be our home account. And that, that came from him. So I had to learn to kind of, like, get in where he felt comfortable and massage my way through. Mm-hmm. Right? And what about you, Mandy, when you first started talking about money?
0: Well, I don't I don't feel like it's fair for me to compare myself to Marquita because it's a whole different situation for her. She's been married for five years, mm-hmm. and they have two kids under the age of four. And it's really, I can't even imagine how tough it must be for you, Marquita, because your goals aren't in line. You have a family with this person, but he doesn't want the same things you do financially. It sounds like you really, really want a house and he maybe isn't so into it. Um, You sort of call that your goal. And I feel like that's where this whole, everything is stemming from this disagreement. You're fighting over the Amazon fire stick versus Mm. cable because your goals are out of line. And I think that's where you have to sit down together and mm-hmm. talk about what are your goals. He may be fine with how things are. Mm-hmm. You want more. Um, and he's either going to be supportive of that or he's
1: not going to be supportive. I'd be curious to know, does he want to own a home? Has I his- don't think he... It doesn't sound like he does. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean... Like, when I first met Superman, I remember saying I wanted to buy a home and he was, like, adverse to that. Like, well, what for? And so, to me, it's just about constantly talking. But I, had, I honestly had to learn to stop... Um, to to talk and listen, to actually have a conversation. It was more like I was always preaching. Mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know that that's your that's your issue, Marquita, but I was always preaching, and he was always like on the other end, like, here she goes again. So I had to finally learn how to actually have a conversation. and a conversation is I speak when I stop speaking, I'm actually listening. I'm not just waiting to speak again listening, ingesting, adjusting what I'm going to say based upon what you're actually saying and compromising. So in the beginning, it was fine, I'll save for vacation. Then it was, um, okay, you know what? I want to put money. So his he has a daughter, she's eight. Um, and I want to put money in Supergirl's account. So I was like, you know what? You should go to your, to your job and tell them to split your paycheck. Some of it is going to go in Supergirl's account. And you know the money that we said we're going to put in our joint travel account? Why don't you just split that in our paycheck too? So that was like that was like a huge, it took about a year in. And that was huge. Like, okay, he, he gets paid. Some of the money automatically goes into Supergirl's account and some into our account. And so that was huge. And we rocked out like that for like six months. And mm-hmm. then we just began talking more and we started sitting down and writing down plans. And I started asking him, what do you want? I remember the biggest biggest, like, kind of, like, not fight, but he really wants, like, he's really into cars, you know? And he wanted to, like, lease and buy way before I thought we could afford it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, it was, like, it was a battle. Because I'm like, it does not make financial sense for us to get a car. How? You know? you're like, you're just going to get into more debt. You already have debt just to get a car. And so, that was a battle, and now this is the year. You know, we can afford to get a car, and I told him because you know he was patient. You know that he can pick, like what that car is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's not. It's not easy, and it, it doesn't mean that your marriage or whatever is, is not going to work. I just think that you have to find a common ground before you can start helping to shift him towards some other way. That really is critical. Is finding that one common point that you could both be on the same page with, you know? Right. I think the turning point for us, um,
0: one thing that we did, so actually for a story I was writing, I went to this seminar for couples. And of course I dragged him along because <laughs> I wanted to try it out and then write about it. Was it helpful? It was a seminar put on by the Society of Grown Ups, which is this <laughs> I like that. Society of Grown Ups. They do a bunch of different it's based out of Boston and they do a bunch of these like little dinner parties with um, young people and they, they talk about everything from how to travel on a budget to how to buy your first home. And this particular dinner was about um, couples and finances. And it was about maybe like eight couples, including us, sitting around and having like a nice dinner and wine. And they had drinks. And, um, but before we even did this. You have to go on to societyofgrownups.com and you both as a couple fill out this like timeline thing where you put they have like a little icon for a house and for marriage and for kids or whatever these goals travel retirement and then you put them in line with the year that you expect to accomplish that or whatever whatever and for him and I to sit next to each other that was the first time I knew that he wanted to get married Mm. within the next year. Wow. or two and I was like you know and I was the first time we had I mean I we kind of had an idea we wanted to mm-hmm. get, take that step but for me to see his timeline it was eye-opening to me wow that's good and it was because we used this tool and I mean you don't have to use the tool it's if you want to it's societyofgrownups.com they probably still have it up there for couples and it's free you don't have to like take their class um, which is cheap by the way but I would say you don't have to take, use this tool but you can sit down and and one sort of goal at a time mm-hmm. and and try not to, i know it's really hard when you know you're right mm-hmm. and you know you got to cut back <laughs> on that cable yeah and you sit down and you're like let's talk about this we got to buy a house mm-hmm. what are you going to do to help like you have to really try and be calm ease him into it do not be um condescending mm-hmm. or patronizing even though you know you're right
1: or really strong arming like men don't want to be strong yeah or don't, like-
0: don't 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 threaten him like if you don't then i'm going to or you know, be out, make it a negative thing. Just find out when he expects to buy a house. And then maybe it's a point where, maybe what would help you guys is once you sort of get an idea of your goals, mm-hmm. perhaps bringing in someone else, like a financial advisor or, or like a, a one-time t- one meeting with the financial expert
1: who mm-hmm. can sort of be the bad guy. Or just like get in the, and also too, like I think also I always say like find the, find his, not his weak link, but like find the one thing that moves him. You know, yeah. everybody always had something like, like for Superman, it was his daughter. Like if I was saying, hey, you should be saving money for your daughter, there was never any pushback for that because oh, that's found, like, you find a button. Yes. And so I was like, "Ooh, good. Just hold your kids up in front of him and be like, these are your children. <laughs> like, Where are they going to sleep? Right. On? Or like, you know, or just whatever that is. And then use that as the entrance in. And then too, I also learned, because sometimes this is what I'll get from women. So I'm not saying this is what you're doing, Marquita, but I would teach a class. I remember it was a young couple. And they were kind of going through this, talking about like, what do we do? He doesn't want to save, I want to save. And as I dug a little deeper, I realized she was pushing too much. So I said, you know, are the bills paid? Yes. Has he set aside for retirement? Like, does he have money coming out? She said, yes. And he's sitting there like, Yep. I'm like, you know, it's at least some money being a set aside for some savings, maybe not as much as you'd like she said yes i said so he has the three core components so let's not act like he's not doing anything right right yeah you know like acknowledge the fact that retirement bills savings th- th- at least even if it's small those things are happening and then from there i was like you know let him rock out there and then you can push in one direction like okay so instead of 25 bucks a month let's do 35 then you know a few months later let's do 50 and i told her too is that if he agrees to that 50 let let him live all yes. the other cutting this and that. No, no, why? Like, everybody's not you. I had to finally learn that for myself. Everyone is not a budgetista. Everyone is not. If if Superman is paying his bills, if he has money set aside for retirement, and he's in putting money in the savings accounts, well, dang, if he wants to. We have full cable. I've never had cable before. Where we have full, when I say full cable, everything. But you know what? Those other things are taken care of. So I'm like, everybody can't live at your, your schedule and pace. As long as those core things are being handled, then that's what I would focus on. All I do is win, win, win no matter what. Got money on my mind and I never give up. Mm. mm, yes, manny, win, What? <laughs> well, you never came with the second line. I didn't even know the second line. Is that right? Did I say it right? I don't know. I just don't mm, even. But it sounds right good. now. <laughs> manny <Maddie> did, <the, laughs> did the black girl head roll. Just so you know, she said. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, win, win, win. So I hope that you. Wa- well, I don't know. I won't say I hope, but I watched some of the Grammys. And I was bored for most of it, but Kendrick Lamar. First of all, congratulations for winning, mm-hmm. right? Because he won more than one. I think right? he won
0: three, which Grammys. is
1: awesome. Um, which is well deserved, obviously. Well, oh, you
0: know who else won? Just real quick, cool. Cecile McLaurin, the woman I saw perform at for oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. She won a Grammy for Best uh, Jazz Album. Okay. okay, see. Check it out for "One to Love." Okay, go ahead.
1: And um, so but his performance was just—it just was so in alignment with the Kendrick Lamar that you know we have come to lo- I have come to love and admire. And it just spoke like volumes and it just was so well done and the I imagery th- yes. he was in handcuffs. Ugh. Then they brought out like the traditional, what were they? Were they African, African drummers? I think yeah, so. Drummers and, and dancers and the fire burning. Yes. And then at the end, when it was like Compton on Africa, and it just was win on win on win on win. I said, yes, yes, yes. I, I, saw,
0: I saw someone tweet or say on Facebook that this was peak Black History Month. Yes. From it was. Kendrick to Beyonce mm-hmm. to Black Lives Matter.
1: Did you see like the people, like the audience? Did you see like some of, there was like funny memes of like people in the audience, non brown people in the audience who were like, Perplexed, like right. what yeah, those were. Funny. I thought we were here to see Taylor Swift in a leotard. Well,
0: Adele, Adele gave him a shout out at the end. Oh, poor Adele!
1: I know. I her heard about own. that. I didn't watch it.
0: I watched it. it oh was no. hard. No, it, it was the the microphone fell on top of the piano during her mm. singing, and she froze. She could have like fixed it or stopped it, but she said she was just like she just froze on. On TV. So she just kept going and the pitch was all off. Yeah, and I know she just.
1: The, you know, the but
0: thing at about the end, she wrote, she uh, called out Kendrick. Said, I
1: love you, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, but you know what I love about Adele? It's like, even if she was pitched off, let's be real. She can blow. Like, no one's going to be like, I don't know if Adele can sing. OK. It's yeah. not like Rihanna, who you're like, well, don't come after me, Rihanna stands. If Brianna holds a pitch, then we are like impressed. Yes, but with Adele, okay, you had an off day, but we all know that you have an amazing voice. So so much pressure on her, though. I know. But I just, you know what I just love about her? Her personality just seems so like regular and nice. Doesn't she just seem so nice? Yeah, I would definitely want to like have a cup of tea with her or a
0: martini. And
1: whenever someone tries to like pit her against someone else, she's like, um, no. Beyonce? Yeah, she's like, actually, I think she's amazing. She just, I've never heard her just like be mean. She has no reason. I feel like when you're at her level, when people are
0: that level, there's no like there's a reason why they're not talking about anyone else. They don't have to. You don't have to. People who are talking smack about it. even Mr. Kanye, who thinks that his doesn't doesn't stink, stink. um, he spends a lot of time talking trash about other people.
1: Other people. And meanwhile, I don't even know how this new album. Have you have you heard it? I've heard it's really good, but I haven't listened yet. I'm just so
0: done. I mean, I love his
1: music. I do, but at the same time, honestly, I'm not gonna. But you know what, though? A, a good friend of his, who was his friend for a while, said actually that Kanye really does need professional help. But I'm like, I think we kind of knew that. But no, his friend was like, no, not even in a... He's in going... A, maybe since his mother died, he's just like lost his mind. And you know what, though? Kanye might have had an undiagnosed mental illness that has only been aggravated by Same, fame like and fortune. loss. of Yep, and loss. And you know what I mean? And so, because he does not speak he's like so a normal is. person. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't even want to give them that.
0: But I don't know who's crazier now. She He makes Kim and the rest look of her who, family
1: look sane. Wait. What?
0: Their family is very, like, they're very, um, regular tight knit. I'll give them that. Like, they yes. support each
1: other, but, like, he's making them look yes. real regular. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you can make the Kardashians look like regular people, yeah. like, you're the crazy one, Kanye? Like, I'm worried for North. Yes, it's for real. Oh, she's going to be insane. <laughs> no, I think North is going to run away from Beyonce home. I hope
0: Beyonce and Jay just, like, make her ba- Blue Ivy's stepsister and just, like, she's adopt like, her. She's going to run
1: away from home one day and be
0: like, I'm here, I'm here. In the <laughs> private jet. She's going to, like, take the jet and leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kanye. So, what's your win? um my win for this week i it's a it's a it's a book uh it's a book recommendation and a win all tied together okay i have been finding it really hard to find some time to read books lately and i've had this one on my desk it's called the um, year of yes by shonda Rhimes, Mm. and i've just kind of been putting it off for two reasons one i felt like i knew it was what it was going to say it's like be open to opportunity improve yourself you know you can always do better and two was just the fact that I hadn't had time to like sit down and actually read something that I wanted to read for a little while um, since Christmas, really, when I had time off. And I finally said, I want to read this, and I um, downloaded the audiobook because I listened to podcasts, I listened to um, uh, music on my headphones. I was like, I'll download the audiobook, and it's amazing. Yeah. It is the best, and it's about a seven-hour-long audiobook, and mm. I'm I have an hour or so left, and I started on Monday um she's the way that she writes first of all it's not the self-help book like you would think it would be it's Mm -hmm. not like she is saying and on day one here's what you're going to do it's really her journey Mm -hmm. and she came from a place of owning thursday night television Mm -hmm. being like the most all these accolades coming her way for you know revolutionizing quote unquote the way that people look on television and the characters that she creates in writing these three shows, running these three shows, at the pinnacle of success for her. And she said she had never been more unhappy in her mm. entire life. She was the heaviest she'd ever been in her weight. She had completely isolated herself from any and all social activities. Mm. She always had excuses not to go out. And it's really her... Her literal year of yes, she – one day when she was at her sister's house for Thanksgiving, her sister – she was at her sister's house for uh, for Thanksgiving, and uh, she's talking about all these invitations she's gotten go-aways awards and these dinners and stuff. And her sister looks at her and says, you know what? You say no to everything. Mm. And you know how when people tell you stuff for a long time, but just like this – all of a sudden, the one time you really hear it. Yep. And so she really heard it and she realized um that she had to change and so she spent she spent the next year saying yes to everything that freaked her out. I love that. So and it helped me realize all the cuz I I've grown to love Shonda this year because she's been out there. Yes. I've seen her on Jimmy Kimmel. I saw her give that speech at the um the Human Rights Campaign. I saw her give the speech at the Women of Hollywood Hollywood Reporter Awards. Okay. I saw her with that amazing commencement speech she gave for to Duke. Or oh, sorry, Dartmouth last summer. Mm-hmm. All or not last summer. This was two summers ago now. The Year of Yes. Um, all of that happened in the Year of Yes. Oh,
1: I want to. I want to read her book now. It's
0: it's really good. And if you've ever been like she calls she calls it the F O D. That's what she calls herself. Um, it's called first only. It stands for first only different. And that's how she mm, felt being the okay. you know one of few black one of, like the only Always, black kid right? in school one of the few women, let alone black women at the writer's table in Hollywood, first, only different, oh, okay. like the characters on her show, Carrie Washington being the first only black woman to really run, a, a, to star on a show in like 30 years on on network television. Um, so the book, and, and it's not just about, you know, working through and, and saying yes to all these sort of like promotional things, but she talks about being a little girl and growing up being like different. She would just play in the pantry and, and write stories and then you know finding her tribe finally like she had me in tears you know I and
1: wanna, i want to listen to it now
0: i it's a, it's an amazing and i would really i would recommend the audiobook because i it just the way that she talks she really talks in her real voice you okay. feel like she's sitting there
1: i want to okay. just telling you her life and you listen to the
0: audio on like what your phone or your, your so i have an app called audible okay and i mean if you go to audible.com you can sign up for a free 30-day trial they give you a free download and audible, then have she has to, to, be to a, cancel it
1: afterwards audible needs to be a sponsor <laughs> had, no, sincerely, because we have, like, our book. Oh, Audible, we... they do, uh, they do, uh... Yeah, they do. Audible. So if anybody works at Audible, knows Audible. Hey. You know what? Actually, I live down the street from Audible. That's right. I saw th- the headquarters are in Newark. Mm-hmm. Just stop on by. Yeah, I'm going to wait. Hey, <laughs> can I see the CEO real quick? So we've got this little podcast. It's doing good. We'd love to, um... Because we love reading over here. So we have to get back to our book suggestions.
0: We do. So here's my official book suggestion, mm-hmm. Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. And it's short, too. Even if you don't want to do the audio book, it's, I don't know, maybe a few hundred pages. Okay. Um, excellent book. Like, and I haven't really cried at a book. And I, I feel like I've become kind of cynical. That's one of the reasons I didn't want to read the book in the first place. But mm-hmm. she really she makes everything so real. At one point she's telling you how badass she is. The other time she's telling you how she's sitting on a bed eating a whole entire box of thin mints and popcorn and wine and yes. just like sobbing and watching Doctor Who. Like she's, she's <laughs> real. A, it's a real, real, raw, like raw, raw, raw story. And I mean I've been that person so many times. And if you ever have like a if you've ever had the dark twisty time in your life, yes. um, you'll really it'll resonate with and you. Sometimes
1: the dark twisty times come when on the outside it looks the best. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times that people would be like, oh my god. I remember, like, this year was pretty was pretty uh, good, but I remember before I had met Superman, or before we started dating, it was like New Year's, and I was in my room, like, bawling because it had been, like, the best year I had ever, ever had. Everything looked amazing from the outside, and I was in my room like, my life sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember being like, what the hell? I'm the loneliest. I feel so isolated. I feel like nobody really cares about Tiffany, like not me personally, you know. I just felt like, how can everything look so great on the outside, all these accomplishments, and yet my life sucks. And I just remember crying myself to sleep on New Year's being like, I can't live another year like this. And then that was Mm -hmm. the next year that I was like, I'm going to make a conscious effort not to be like, I don't know, just like to live this like solitary life that's just about Business and really well, you
0: said to no to dark times. Yes, because Shonda so. was all about it's a choice coming out of darkness. Some mm-hmm. people have a
1: really hard time. Depression is real. Yeah, it is real. And
0: some people have a, they need help. They need a tribe. Mm-hmm. She she calls out her people, her tribe. They need someone to pull them out of that dark, twisted spot. Yeah, you know, kind of related. I watched the Amy Winehouse documentary. I want to watch it. Is that good? And so it's on Amazon Prime. It's really good. You know what's incredible? It was so moving to me because oh, I they. Can't wait to watch. You hear a lot of people talking about Amy, but the entire movie, the entire documentary is pretty much old footage of Amy. Love it. So you're seeing her. They zoom in on her face and her eyes. You really get to know the person, like Mm. see the... I will speak, you know, when Amy Winehouse was going through her crazy time, I was like everybody else laughing about it when they did jokes about it on like SNL Mm -hmm. or on like the late night TV shows and reading all the gossip and looking at the terrible photos and like, wow, she's going crazy. Mm. But that was a human woman. Yeah. And she had all these toxic people around her who weren't Mm -hmm. not helping her get the help she needed, preventing her even from getting the help she needed. i want to watch it. And it's so good. Did you yeah. ever watch
1: the Michael Jackson one? I watched
0: the Michael Jackson Wasn't documentary. Wasn't it good? It was really good. Were you also just like, all,
1: first of all, yeah. I mean, obviously you're you're already like, Michael Jackson's amazing. And then you're like, if I could not think he was more amazing as, a, as an artist. Yeah. It just makes you realize like, what what a genius he was in this space.
0: And how hard he worked from like the what? age of five. So this, the, the documentary is on Showtime? Yes, or HBO, I think it was Showtime. Uh, it's called Off the Wall, and it's, Spike Lee, Spike Lee yep. directed it, and, it, so good. and it's so good. And you, it's the time period that I didn't see, I always knew Thriller and yep, Beyond me Michael, too. Yep. and uh, so I never really knew Off the Wall Michael, yeah. or the Jackson 5 Michael. And uh, yeah, my dad, I can wait for the show my dad, he loves yeah. Michael. Yeah. Afterward, I saw someone compare The Weekend to oh, Michael Jackson, girl. and I was like, mm. several stages, Michael Jackson teams. has
1: more talent in his what? left pinky finger than the weekend than i the mean weekend. I me the ma- weekend's talent. i was gonna say yeah i'm definitely gonna give the weekend but first of all there's no dancing there's no michael it's the jackson sound of his voice uh, and, and that's it literally is. it i mean yeah. you know michael jackson was so much more than just the voice it was i mean just watch after all you just realize like first of all he was like a genius at five when you hear sammy davis jr all of these, like, famous musicians. Including The Weeknd, he was yeah. interviewed. Kobe yeah. Bryant, for some reason, was which, interviewed. And, and a lot, which I was like, <laughs> why are you here? Are you lost, sir?" I so uh, I heard there was a camera. I just want to show up, talk about MJ. But it was just so good because you get to see that, like, his genius didn't just erupt when he was, like, 19. That it was something that was spotted when he was really young and how it manifested itself and how he listened and how he asked questions. I had, he was always curious. It's just such a good. I think that's all related, and that's yep. why I, I think that's why I like Shonda's book so
0: much, mm-hmm. and that's why I like the Michael Jackson documentary so mm-hmm. much. Because I think it's really easy to look at successful people and say, "I could never be that," or "or kill yourself thinking that you should be that," mm-hmm. and you don't really see what work they put yes. into it. Whew. Like it's no wonder that I'm not like Oprah or or like Michael. It's a certain level of work. Like there's so much work, and you don't see the work. So the Off the Wall shows the work. Shonda Rhimes shows you the work that she has mm-hmm. done. Um, to get to where she is and, and uh,
1: so those are like Wonder if I ever become an Oprah I'm going to call the book The Work The Work but that's only if it an Oprah status then I'm like I'm, until then I just call it like but see there
0: can only ever be one
1: Oprah you just got to be true. like Tiffany status that's true
0: one name Tiffany there's no like I mean there isn't like a,
1: t- a famous Tiffany right now you could be the Tiffany yes I do want to be the Tiffany be the Tiffany <laughs> well um, that was we had a long one we did because we haven't seen each other so meanwhile we talked for like an hour before yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well as
0: always yes. email us send us your messages on facebook yes. on twitter at the ba podcast um and on uh, email us at brown ambition podcast at i also ooh, a quick apology we i realized that some of you guys had issues with last week's episode on itunes mm-hmm. that is itunes issue and they're working it out i'm very sorry i hope it will be uh fixed soon but if you're still having problems email us at brown ambition podcast at yeah and uh Have a great week. Yeah.